I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Would the Zoom pop-up alerts lie to me? They would never lie to you. No, they would never lie, Maggie. They would never lie to you. I think that we are officially live. I see it on Facebook now. Um, Excellent. Thank you, Brian. I see that Brian confirms that we are live. Okay. Hello, Facebook. Welcome to A Pod of Their Own, episode 69. Nice. (laughs) I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by all my co-hosts. This is the most exciting thing in the entire world. Linda Sarovich, say hi, Linda. Hey, guys. Kellyanne Healy, say hi, Kellyanne. And Maggie Wiggins' triumphant return to a pod of their own is tonight. Surprise! Yay! Hi, Allison. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We missed you. We missed you so much, Maggie. We're so excited that you're back. This is surprise number one for episode 69. Maggie Wiggins has returned the prodigal daughter has returned to a pot of their own. <laughs> from my, from my westward exploration. <laughs> yeah. Your westward journey. Yeah. she's. I have she, come back to report there is human life on the other side of the Mississippi River. So yeah. Seems interesting. <laughs> now I'm just picturing like the Oregon Trail. <laughs> no one got diphtheria. Okay, I was going to say no one got dysentery. That's excellent. Or cholera. <laughs> or broke any legs or arms. Or, or COVID, COVID, which like, is the most important like, thing. I'm quarantined right now, technically. Um, so we will, as part of this episode, we will answer any questions that you guys have. So feel free to drop those in the comments. Uh, we will answer them throughout. Um, Brian will relay them to us and we will answer them. So if you have any questions that you want us to answer about the offseason, all things Mets, Feel free to answer them. We'll give. We'll start off by doing a quick a quick Mets uh, rundown while we're waiting for people to log on and tune in. Um, but yeah, the news is that there's no news really right now since the last time we recorded a podcast. There's kind of been a lot of walking back of rumors that were previously out there. The Mets are not in on uh, on Sugano apparently, the Japanese pitcher who was posted. Um, I mean, he hasn't signed with a team yet, so we don't know for sure, but the, I mean, if it's like there, he only wanted to pitch on the West coast thing. Okay. Sure. And he's also pretty nervous about COVID too, which again, that's been part of the reports as well, which understand. I mean, then maybe he should rethink playing 
in the United States. He is. I mean, he, he is, has yeah. an offer with the with the Yomuri Giants, which is it, which is like a four year offer with three opt outs. So it's kind of just like it's almost oh, like four one year deals, more or less. Um, so he can he can choose to stay in Japan instead. He is wary of COVID. He has offers on the table from several major league teams. We don't know if the Mets had like made an offer. They were one of the teams that were interested, but then Joel Sherman, I think, was the one that reported that the Mets interest is quote elsewhere. And I'm kind of I don't know, like I'm trying to stay patient, but I'm kind of like, where's elsewhere? Yeah. <laughs> where's elsewhere at this point? Because uh, elsewhere isn't Odor Izzy because they haven't talked to him either. So it's like where's elsewhere? Yeah, we just got a report from Andy Martino today that um, the Mets haven't talked to Odorizzi in like months, apparently, since the initial, um, since the initial like rumor that he was uh, talking to the Mets, um, and we haven't heard anything since then. It's been all crickets. Um, I mean, you know, George Springer rumors keep happening, but it's like nothing's actually done. So it's kind of like the Mets are in an off-season holding pattern. We did get a hand rumor. Everybody not the Padres is. Yes. Um, Brad Hand rumor, and that was it. Yep, yep. We've got we've got Brad. The Mets are interested in Brad Hand, which would be really good. I mean, like that would be an excellent signing. Um, Rumor had it that um, that Sandy Alderson wanted to claim Brad Hand when he was on waivers, but it was during the it was like right smack dab in the middle of the um, of the ownership transition, and so it just like didn't happen. He said the timing was bad. Um, so hopefully they, ha- they sign him as a free agent. It's, it's kind of weird how little interest Hand has gotten. He's an elite closer, and yet teams didn't even want to pay him $10 million on waivers, which is, like, really sad. Like, my man's JD said when he walked off Hand, you got Hand up there who's one of the best closers. Listen to JD. <laughs> Linda's slogan, listen to JD, always Exactly. Applies. <laughs> what would JD do? We what get would JD. JD do? I mean, this podcast today is very much about what would JD do. Yes. Because we have podcasts. This. Which, speaking of what would JD do, I should get a spoon. Yes. Oh, I forgot my spoon, too. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, because the, as you guys know, we like to eat the cookies in the style of JD Davis. Be very authentic on this podcast. So we are doing another. They like tasting. to eat the cookies in the authentic manner. Of yeah, I sh- I shan't be doing that. I do have milk, but I'm not going to be eating them with a spoon. Um, but we do have cookies for you guys. We we got our. Um, uh, I'll go get my spoon. <laughs> we, yeah, Linda, go get the spoon. We've got our holiday flavors out. Um, some of us do. We've got because. Uh, insomnia cookies came out with holiday flavors so we were very excited we wanted to do another cookie tasting i've got two of the holiday flavors here plus one deluxe so i've got new york city sold out of the holiday flavors in a hot minute so i have other cookies that i will enjoy (laughs) but i did get this really cool let it snow let it dough i'm sorry koozie let it dough that's amazing i got seasons eating sock uh, socks nice I'm supposed to wait. I'm also supposed to have a sleeve in here somewhere. This is what my thing says, because this is the ugly sweater kit. So we'll see. We'll see what I find buried in I the bottom. I think I just box. got like the holiday box or something. And if you missed it, the cookies also got me a free love seat. 
So <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. You, in case you guys missed it on the last podcast, Linda got a free couch <laughs> <laughs> because I gave the delivery guys an extra box of insomnia cookies, and they made them so happy. They had an extra love seat and just gave. I'm it just like here, take this other lady's couch. Yeah, which is much. you know definitely equal in value. Box of cookies, a couch. <laughs> you so know. thank you, insomnia cookies, for mistakenly sending me three boxes of cookies. oh oh my god you should probably you should like tag them on social media and be like you guys got me a couch i bet they send you more free stuff (laughs) they're gonna make you a straight up brand ambassador at this point (laughs) it's like that guy who traded from a paperclip to a house but much much more efficient yeah i did it in one step i didn't have to go like cut out the middleman nobody needs that so how do we want to do this? Do we want to, those of us who have holiday flavors, I'll eat the same one at the same time? Or do we want to do different flavors? I'll... Maybe we should do different flavors. Yeah, because Maggie also has different flavors. So we should yeah. all do something different each round. Let's okay. do that. I'm okay. I, the only holiday flavor I don't have is candy cane. So that's Okay, I have the candy cane. So you can do candy cane first. Kellyanne, which one do you want to do first? I'm going to do... I think this is peanut butter first. Peanut butter, cool. I'll do. Kind of boringish, but. I'll do this um, hot cinnamon whiskey. I think it's called. Oh yeah, I didn't have that one. It's very. It smells. It smells very much like like cinnamon. Like it smells like you know that like big red gum smell. Oh. That's what it smells like. All right. Oh, so this also you can smell the mint right when you take it out of the bag too. All right, what order are we going in here? Who's going first? Before we before we <laughs> start, we do have our first question. Ooh, we have a Ooh. question. Let's answer that first. So, from Kevin, why? It's actually a couple questions. Um, why do the Mets need Springer? And how about replacing Wheeler because our starting pitching was terrible last year? We have a center fielder. Whomst is our center fielder? <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So I mean, Nemo, I guess. He's a perfectly okay center fielder. And like Dom is an okay left fielder, but to put them in the same outfield together is really not great. But if you have Springer, who is an excellent center fielder, then Nemo becomes an excellent left fielder. And Dom, who I really want to see in the everyday lineup somehow, has many different ways to do that that don't involve playing everyday left field yes that to also, me it's like it's it's not just about one upgrade with springer it's about cascading upgrades and also i, I forget who i was talking to the other day but peterson and stroman are both contact pitchers you need defense behind them it's just jake basically who strikes out everybody and can get a strikeout when he needs it but and save the guard when he comes back yeah, but still. yeah but you know, you the need. The defense has hurt the pitching for years. Yeah, I'm so tired of it, to be honest. And the so. Mets have punted on defense for way too long. Ever. And it's, yeah. and and Nimmo. And the thing about Nimmo, and I say this as a person who loves Brandon Nimmo and think he's thinks he's actually quite an underrated Met. Um, he he was, and I was very going into last season and before that, I was very pro playing Nimmo in center field, despite people having you know qualms about that. I was like Nimmo's perfectly fine, but 2020, although small sample size, you know, can screw with everything. But his defensive metrics got significantly worse last year. Like it got to the point where like 
if 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 he carries that across an entire season, it's like almost not playable center field. Like it's like below significantly below average. Whereas he is an above average left fielder. So like Maggie said, if you shift him to left field, then you have a very good defensive outfield in Springer, Conforto, and Nimmo. And you add depth down the line because then you have McNeil that can switch into that spot. You have J.D. Davis that can switch into that spot. And you have Dom Smith that can switch into that spot. And all of those guys will rotate in and out. And it gives the, and it there gives may still the lineup be a so much depth. Yes, there may still be a DH. There may for still better be or for DH. worse. Yeah. Yes. And... And the Mets need right-handed hitting. They are yes. so left-handed. Yeah, exactly. um, and that is part of what McCann provides and what Springer can now provide as well. The lineup will be so much more balanced with George Springer in it. And so Springer's that's... a good hitter. It's not like he's just, like, Defensive person. good on D. I mean, he's he's got a over 800 OPS regularly. So, like, well, you're I not think... – it... Yeah. Yeah, Thomas, our friend Thomas on Amazing Avenue, he pointed out that I think for the last five years, he's been in the top five. He's been a top five outfielder by WRC plus. Like only behind like Trout, Ballinger, Yelich, and those are some Harper. Those are some reasonable names to be behind. Yes. For sure. So to be included in that group is uh pretty good, I would say. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Um, and with regard to the second part of the question, because like, how about replacing Wheeler? It's, they didn't it, last year. That's yeah, for they sure. didn't last year. And uh, my answer to that question is kind of just like, why not both? They they, they yeah. really need to sign Springer and replace Wheeler, more yeah. or less. They need yeah, I don't both. think there's an option at that point. Yeah, which is why I am disappointed by, and obviously anything can happen, a lot of offseason left, but it's why I'm disappointed about them not pursuing Sugano and by them, you know, staying silent or like not recontacting Odorizzi or not being aggressive on Odorizzi because that's, we do really need one from like that tier because there is kind of a tier below. And I think they should also pursue a pitcher from that tier, like the, the um, Quintana, Taijuan Walker, or, you know, like that but they sort did, of tier. They didn't send scouts to Paxton and Kluber's like throwing session or Which something. is good. And they should yeah. do that. Um, and they should, they should pursue one or two of, of pitchers from that tier, but they really do need like a three, like a third starter. Um, which, which is, is what think, Sogano was projected to be. <laughs> projected and what Odorizzi would be if he replicated his 2019, not his 2020 where he was hurt, but his 2019 that he would be a solid 2-3, which is what they need. So, like, the answer really is they, like, both. They need Springer and they need a good mid-rotation starter um, for me to feel okay. Um, when, it's also just kind of frustrating because Porter in his introductory press conference was like, we want pitching depth, like real pitching depth, not like imaginary pitching depth. And now like every pitcher that's on the market, they're not in on. It's like, but you just said a month ago you were going to be. So it's just, there's some kind of disconnect there. But like you said, the off season's like nobody's doing anything. So maybe yeah, we'll be it's surprised. A slow, it's a slow off season because like, Labor relations are not the best to begin with, and then COVID ex- exacerbated everything. So we always knew that this offseason was going to move slowly. But, I mean, if the Mets are able to pull off a Springer signing, pull off a hand signing, and then sign two pitchers, wrap her up and call her an offseason, in my opinion. That's great. <laughs> but they need to do these things. Um, okay. 
cookie yeah. time. Sorry, I'm being attacked by my cat. Oh, I'm just gonna say something. Huh. Oh, no, Kellyanne, okay. you go. Oh wait. <laughs> oh wait. Um. Okay. Post. Okay, that's post cookie. Um. No, I just we see so many teams shedding payroll right now, so I think that's partly why we have such a quiet signing period, free agent signing period, so to speak. And that's I think another thing that needs to be discussed maybe later on. So, and there's now, still there's still the the potential that the Mets could address these needs via trade, although that's a lower possibility because they don't have many chips to trade in the first place. But um, spending anyway. money is the new market inefficiency. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Steve Cohen has a lot of it, so <laughs> yeah, get going. Um, all right, cookie number one. Who's who wants to go first for cookie number one? Uh, I have my cookie out. I'll do my cookie. Do it. While I'm being attacked by Miss Maddie, guys. <laughs> Have you seen me, like, get shoved to the side? It's because <laughs> Maddie going to make her podcast debut. <laughs> she probably will. I mean, she's right here. All right. So I got my Mets mug. Um, I'm very sorry, JD. I don't have 2% milk, and he was very specific about that. And so I feel like I'm letting my mans down a little bit. 1% uh, milk. It's really only half the JD special. I know. It's the 50% <laughs> JD Davis. I know, but 50% JD Davis is still like, whoa, that's like. <laughs> that's a lot of JD. <laughs> Sorry, JD. All right, so I'm also going to, you know, dip it into the milk and use the JD spoon. <laughs> so this is the, I think it's candy cane. I'm not sure if it's like white chocolate candy cane mm-hmm. i think there's like something chocolatey in there and there goes the cat. <laughs> <Maddie>! <laughs> like i heard there was milk <laughs> yeah there's milk you can't expect the cat to not want some that's very true this is my own fault all right i definitely taste the peppermint I don't think it's pure candy cane. I think it's like pepper uncut extract. Okay. <laughs> makes- the uncut stuff just makes me think of like taking a razor blade <laughs> or a credit card and like chopping up that candy cane and be like, that's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Pure candy cane. I didn't get the candy cane one because I don't like peppermint. I mean, it's good. I'm not complaining. It's your but it's not pure, is what you're saying. But with, like, peppermint extract. Like, nothing special, but around the holidays, if you're craving peppermint, reasonable. it'll hit the spot. Reasonable. All right, do we want to follow with a non-holiday flavor, and then we can alternate? So, I think, yeah, Kellyanne, you have peanut butter. Or, you want to do that one? Should I warm it up first is the question. Oh. Nah. I'll do the next one warm up. Okay. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can do, this is very scientific. You can do a, a non-warmed up and a warmed up one. Non-warmed up one. Do I, okay, so the JD method is just kind of like throwing it in. it in the milk and then you it with a spoon. Plop in the milk. Here yeah. we go. Have my spoon. Ah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it's ingenious, okay? Don't judge the JD method. I mean, it's cereal. Yeah, it's cereal milk, more or less. <laughs> I like cereal. Yeah. Not getting the, I mean, I'm getting the peanut butter, but I've had stronger peanut butter cookies. Maybe if I warm this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's, 
Yeah, because it's peanut butter chip. So like, it's the chips well, that are peanut butter, but maybe not the cookie. I don't. know. The cookie is peanut butter. I I was the official peanut butter taste tester of our Last previous time. podcast. That's right. Um, I wonder if it also might be diluted by the milk. And I promise this is not my anti-milk bias. <laughs> Well, this is no objectively. That's probably true. It's just a hypothesis. That's fair enough. Oh, I'm testing. It's, it's right fair. Now. It's a fair hypothesis. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. See, I've had, I mean, I taste the peanut butter, but it's not that strong to me. But then again, like I've made and I've had like super peanut buttery cookies. So sometimes subtlety is good. Other times it's not. Depends on context. I I guess I'll go next because I feel like this is a very stark contrast because I can already kind of tell based on the smell that's taking over everything that this is not going to be a subtle cookie. It's hard <laughs> oh to, boy. It's hard to tell, but these sprinkles are like, in real life, they're like fluorescent pink. <laughs> what? And it smell, it, it's, this is like the hot cinnamon whiskey and it smells like, it smells like a, a shot of fireball. Like straight up, that's what it smells like. <laughs> And I'm going to try this. Like, I don't know. Like, I love snickerdoodles and, like, cinnamon cookies. But I don't know how I'm going to feel about, like, hot cinnamon flavor. We'll see. Uh-huh. I'm doing the I'm doing the dip and eat. I'm not doing the J.D. Davis. Sorry, I don't have a spoon right now. And I just... I'm doing the dip and eat. <laughs> there it is. It takes a minute. It hits you really hard. It really is like a shot of fireball. It is like I just ingested a shot of fireball. It, it doesn't burn like a shot would, but like it takes a minute. Like it, it like you chew and you're like, hmm, hmm, hmm. and then those sprinkles start to dissolve and you're like, oh baby. I mean, it's like my ongoing chili mango obsession where ooh, yeah. people will be like, oh, t- take a little bite and they'll be like, oh yeah, let me have some more. I'm like, wait. <laughs> Okay, now have more. <laughs> this is one where I would prefer it to be a little less. <laughs> like, the the subtlety when it first hits your mouth is quite pleasant. Um, but then when it, like, turns up its, like, hot cinnamon aspect, I'm like, all right. I mean, Could- hot cinnamon flavor is also, like, not my super favorite. I mean, like, I'm fine with it, but, like... I'm not going to turn to fireball first in my alcohol choices. We'll just put it that way. But no, it's could not Could you bad. eat the whole cookie? Am I going to eat? I'm going to eat this whole cookie. Yeah, yes. could you eat the whole cookie? Yes, yeah. I could. And I will. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good, like, 
test. It's actually kind of nice that it's accompanied with the milk because I actually do feel like that tempers it slightly. Um, you could probably spice. also like if the if the physical cinnamon sugar crystals are the primary source, you could probably brush yeah, a like kind of brush some off. And yeah, then you could sort of just like ratchet it down because I think it is these sprinkles. I mean, I'm sure that there's also like cinnamon, like, cinnamon like baked into this cookie. But the like it because the the sprinkles have that like fake cinnamon taste, whereas I feel like the cookie kind of just more has the like general like cinnamony like maybe gingery flavor to it. Um, but it's the sprinkles anyway. Maggie, what's your what's your Maggie has the deluxe cookies, folks. Yes, um, oh, I'm the not big one. Eat the whole cookie because I will die. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I have eaten a whole deluxe cookie before, and I and I will again, but um, it wasn't like my best time ever. So like, there is the size of like, like oh wow, essentially my hand. Now, granted, I have like very tiny hands, but um, so this is a salted caramel flavor. Mm. It mm. is. You can see like the big old chunks of uh, of caramel right in there. Yeah, that's goodness right there. I'm gonna like. Just because I love the the sound of like a fresh cookie like just breaking in half is a pretty great one. Still warm. It's not still warm. Okay. Um, but I picked it up like three hours ago, so I'm not gonna bother. Mm. It's really good. Oh, <laughs> it's salted. It, it's caramel, and it's like I think like the cookies flavor caramel. And, like there are these chunks of salted caramel throughout it. It's really good. Salted it caramel will- is among my favorite. Yeah, like, was, like out of like, ten, I would have an instant headache if I finished the whole thing. Um, as it is, like I will be quite fine on the amount that I will have consumed. It is rich, but it's good. Well, we didn't give our cookies ratings, so like, what out of ten would you give it? Ooh, mm. ma'am, I'd probably give it. I don't know. I can't think of much to ding it on. I would probably give it a nine. Oh, wow. Heck yeah. I think it really just is so, it's, it's like so heavy and so sweet um, to knock it down from a 10. I don't know how, you know, nothing. <laughs> I think perfect. salted caramel is the clear winner of the first round. I think I would yeah. give this cinnamon one maybe like a 5.5. Okay. I was going to give mine like a 6.5. So we were kind of on. <laughs> How about you, Kellyanne? I'm going to give mine a 7.5. I'll be nice. Because it is a good peanut butter cookie, just not the best I've had. Fair. Sounds good. It's fair. Whereas, like, this might... In fact, I, I'm pretty confident it is the best salted caramel cookie I've had. Oh. I've had good ones. But, like, this really sort of gets it all together. That's high praise. That yeah. is. My favorite, like small just little treat yourself moment when i have when i want like something sweet is like those Ghirardelli caramel squares those are like my favorite things oh i have the salted caramel of those right now yes it was in my stocking at christmas (laughs) um all right so we have another question um that we will answer in between cookie rounds now we have it from david have you noticed how the Yankees have been quiet? I guess Hank doesn't want to spend any money on big name free agents. <laughs> it is nice to be like the New York team that's like is like more talked about in the free the agent market. Um, well, I do. I find it very promising that um, they haven't already resigned Tanaka because I kind of just assumed that that would be a really 
um, like slam dunk, easy resolution for both of them, but and not expensive. They can do it early. And I think Tanaka is a really good fit for the Mets too. So like every day that the Yankees don't re-sign Tanaka, I'm like, he's an opportunity for the Mets. Give me nothing. And the fact that they haven't yet retained DJ LeMahieu is like, mm-hmm. yeah, but the last report I heard was they were like far apart. So by like a lot too. By a lot, and that the Dodgers were now interested because the Dodgers aren't interested in everybody. And I think it was, I can't remember, this was like before this rumor, but um, I only know that, I only know this because I um, wrote up the article for the morning news post the next day, but I can't remember, it was a post writer, I think it might have been Joel Sherman, wrote an article about like, basically just like, keep an eye on the Dodgers because they're just going to sweep in and take everybody that like, that like, the teams who really want said free agent don't get. So, like, and he specifically mentioned, like, the Yankees and DJ LeMahieu. Like, if you don't act, the Dodgers will act. And that's exactly what's happening now. Um, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. So the Yankees could still easily jump in and re-sign him if they want. But, like, the fact that they haven't immediately retained Tanaka and also, like, DJ LeMahieu's an extremely popular player in New York. And the Yankees have not, the Yankees and him are very far apart in negotiations. Like, yikes. (laughs) I think it's not our problem. Couldn't be me. (laughs) The team shedding payroll again. Um, And obviously the Dodgers are like filthy rich, but it's also nice to hear that the Mets are not doing that. Um, Where in the past they would have for sure. Um, But I think that's, that's one nice change thus far. I mean, we're still very, very in the honeymoon phase of this, but the fact that we're not in the midst of money problems, so to speak is already speaking volumes. So, and you know what's driving their fans crazy, too. Get in on Tanaka. Get in on LeMahieu. Um, yeah, anything that makes the Yankee fans mad is good yeah, for me. I'm all for. Come to the dark side. We have cookies. We're not the dark side. <laughs> They're the dark side. That's true. They're the evil empire. We're they the are. cookie empire. We're, We're like the lions. Baby Yoda empire. Baby Yoda loves cookies. Yes, he does. See? We're Baby Yoda. <laughs> He loves his macaroons. I think I'm going to have to get one of my baby Yodas, one of them, from upstairs. I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we can answer another question while she gets baby Yoda. (laughs) And this is really, I mean, we can all answer it, but this is really a Linda question, I feel like. Oh, no. Our next question is, who would you trade JD for? (gasps) No! (laughs) (laughs) Which I feel like is extremely, like, a Linda. Rude. But it's also Linda, my you don't fault. Have to you don't have to answer. But it's also my fault, though, because I wrote an article saying trade him for Arenado. <laughs> so I think Arenado would be the one um, would be the one that I would definitely trade for, um, just because it's Nolan Arenado. Like he's the best third baseman of his generation. So. Um, so I don't know how you could turn that down if it's just JD, even if it hurts me. But Nolan Arenado's also very fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was one of my favorite non-Mets. So I yeah. like, I think that would be, I think that would be the, the best possible outcome. But that's the only person I would trade JD for, to be clear. Fair. <laughs> that's fair. I think... 
I think my answer on that changes depending on whether we sign George Springer or not. Yeah, that makes a big difference too. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, then I then JD Davis is a much more integral part of the team than if we do sign Springer. So, um, if we do sign Springer, then he becomes more expendable, so to speak, um, and easier to swallow a trade um, for sure. But because then we have a lot of like corner type guys <laughs> on our team at that point um but what if we made the whole team out of corner outfielders the mets are trying real hard they are <laughs> or dhs that could yeah. be like the, the subtitle of the like 2000 to 2020 mets i also think like the whole like springer plus corner guys like i also think that whole equation is changed by a michael conforto extension versus not doing that because if michael conforto is going to walk god forbid um then you need those other corner guys that we already have on the team to step in there um and you need springer to be on the team in the future then because otherwise you have like no big outfield bats to speak of so i think that that also changes the equation about like whether you see jd davis as a huge part of the team's future or not are you extending my i do I mean, who's like a true Mets, not, not that nobody who doesn't want him is a, Mets, a true Mets fan, but like, if you're invested in the team's future, you want Michael Conforto to stay on this team. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. He's talented. He's fun. <sighs> he's just great. And he really grew into his leadership role last year, too. Yeah, big time. Yeah, for sure. If um, all of this is very quiet in the free agent market because they are going whole hog on a Conforto extension. I take back all of my mild grousing about how long. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Let's eat more cookies. Yes. Yes. Let's eat more cookies. Cookie round. This is my last bite of my previous cookies. I am warming my cookie up this time, so I will go do that. Let me mute myself so I don't make All right, okay, we had Linda, a, you're up. Okay, we had a slight accident. I was on the couch the other day and I heard a crash and it turns out somehow the cookies ended up on the floor in the box. In the box and so this cookie got completely like demolished. I don't know if you can see how crumbly it is. Um so this is the spicy hot cocoa cookie. Oh nice. Um, oh, one of my favorite just things yeah but it's in it's already in pieces so uh my mom has made a spicy hot cocoa cookie in the past and i think it came with a marshmallow too um yeah we got a little marshmallow we got the cookie pieces looks like there's chocolate chunks in it um so yeah it looks like it could be a good a good choice let's see definitely smells chocolatey uh let's see definitely chocolatey any of that chili heat oh there it is (laughs) it kicks in afterwards it's not like overly spicy it's just like that like tickle at the back of your throat 
It's good chocolate cookie with that, like, just like a little bit of heat. It doesn't like, it's not like ah, spicy, but. Um, yeah, no. I think this is very good. I'm pleasantly surprised by it. Well, there you go. I'm telling you, Mexican hot chocolate is just the best thing. Oh, I should try the marshmallow. I didn't try the marshmallow. For science. For science. Toast and marshmallow. And with the chocolate, you know, it's like a s'more. Mm. It's very good. I would give this bad boy bell an 8 out of 10. I was again. Uh, let's see. What does pop? Yeah, we're back. God. Oh, we're back. Good. Okay. Just forget those outtakes. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. This is what happens when you go live. Sometimes the technology does not cooperate. We'll just pretend that um, didn't happen. We've had excessively good technology luck in our run, and we should probably. <laughs> it's true. Well, my it's podcast might continues oh, to be a challenge and everything. So, you know, just having a bad run. It's okay. Um, yeah, but we're all feeling it after the holidays. That's all it is. Yeah, we're not in the best shape of our lives. It's fine. It's the off season. A quick Kellyanne before her. Before cookie gets cold. Yeah, before your cookie gets oh, cold, you should go. I don't know if you can, if you can microwave a cookie in her. Baby Yoda! It's Baby Yoda! Baby Yoda! He closes his eyes! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he put him in the cookie! I love this Baby Yoda. So you have the <laughs> M&M's? Is that what you have there? I do. Oh, that's a classic. Okay. This one I warmed up in the microwave. Let's see. I'm going to try it without milk first. Podcast dad is yelling about baby Yoda's name. <laughs> yeah, podcast dad is telling us that his name is Grogu. I know, but his name is baby Yoda. No, he's baby Yoda. Okay. There's no space in my brain. No spoilers. I haven't watched another child's yet. name. <laughs> oh yeah, Kellyanne hasn't watched The Mandalorian, but yet she oh. still has a Baby Yoda. A baby Yoda. Figure. I also have not seen Mandalorian. Baby Yoda. Wait, one, two. I have a lot of Baby Yodas. I have at least five in various formats. You have the Funko, <laughs> don't you? What? You have the Funko, don't you? No. No. The Funko I, I do not have. No. No one get it for me, <laughs> Linda. <laughs> that needs okay. to be rectified. <laughs> Oh my god, add to the collection of baby yours. But anyway, oh wait, I have the big Funko. You're right. Yes, you do have the big oh, Funko. Okay. But anyway, first we'll get back to that first cookie. It tastes for some reason a little s'moresy. Um, which is a good thing. I like s'mores. Um, let's try it in the milk. Let's see. Is it good warm? Allison, did you have yours warm when you did the MM um, cookie last time? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, it's okay. Important. I think the problem with mine is that I got mine last week and they've kind of been sitting for a little bit. Mm. So they're not as fresh as they could be. Because the M&M's was one of my favorites. Yeah. It's good. It I actually good. ordered it. I ordered it in this box that I got because it was one of my faves from last time. I'm not yeah, going to be eating one that one today. I'll give was... it an 8 out of 10. 
And in it's case good. you guys missed it, Linda, what was your rating of the Mexican hot chocolate one? Or the spicy hot cocoa one? Eight out of ten. Eight like, out of ten. It's a very good chocolate cookie with just like a little bit of heat in the back. Plus then you get the toasted marshmallow, so. Because I think that that was when we were experiencing our technical difficulties and people may have missed that. So I just want to make sure. Oh, and if you that. missed it, I would only trade JD for Nolan Arnado. Just yes, in, the in case there. that isn't clear. Um, oh my God, it sunk down to the bottom. <laughs> oh no! So Here that's what you need the spoon for. <laughs> Since Kellyanne said hers was s'moresy, that is actually a very good transition to mine because I got one deluxe cookie. So I did mine curbside pickup, and they have this like option when you don't order online to have it like shipped to you and you go to the store to pick it up, there's this box called Super Six, where you basically get six cookies and five of them are regular, and then you can pick one deluxe one. So the one deluxe one I picked was S'mores. So that is my next one. I'm probably not gonna, I, I'm not gonna be eating this whole cookie since I'm gonna be eating two regular sized cookies. Um, but once the cookie. Yeah, he clearly wants it. Learn our listeners that um, once you start with the deluxe cookies, it's really hard to go to go back really yeah and i am not warming mine up for this because i got i got mine curbside pickup like an hour ago so these are like fresh and they're Mm. they're not quite warm still but they're like i can tell that they're fresh so i have not been warming mine up but so i'm gonna split this this giant cookie in half and eat roughly half of it i'll give the other half to michael after this he'll be happy um (laughs) s'mores Oh, that was a pretty good split that I did. So you can see, ooh. So you can see, like, uh, it's really hard to tell on the zoom. But you can see the inside has, marshmallow marshmallow and those little, and this is, like, a graham cracker situation. Oh, very nice. So their marshmallow bits are, like, little white bits. And then there's graham cracker bits in here as well. And also, like, big chocolate chunks. And the cookie itself is chocolate. So here here we go. We're going to actually, we're going to dunk this in. Oh, the marshmallow like pulls as you break it. Oh, yes, I'm so excited about this. I love fantastic. <laughs> this is really good. Yay! This is really good. How could it not be? It sounds amazing. The balance yeah. of all the different things is proportioned perfectly. You get you get all the flavors because the chocolate. The chocolate definitely hits you first because the cookie is chocolate. Um, but then you get the, I feel like you get, then you get the hit of like marshmallow flavor and then the graham cracker comes in at the end. It's really fabulous cookie. This is, this is really good. This gets a nine. Ooh, nice. I've never had a cookie quite like this. Like I've had s'mores. I feel like I've, I don't think I've ever had a s'mores cookie like this. Like I've had s'mores like cookie bars. Like, you know, the, like, almost, like, cookie brownie hybrid style cookie bars. I've had s'mores bars like that, and they're really good. Because they have, like, the graham cracker bottom or whatever. Um, But I've never had, like, a chocolate cookie that has, like, bits baked in throughout. And I feel like that makes for a really good balance of flavors. Um, And so I really like it. So, yeah, this is delicious. I have to say, their chocolate cookies are very, very good. Yeah. Would highly you recommend. can't go wrong there any of their <laughs> I think I think uh this is reinforcing Maggie's idea that once you go deluxe you never go back because so far <laughs> the two deluxe cookies are have the highest rating <laughs> they do it's a fair well I will add another one to the list the other one I have here is the um 
the peanut butter cup. Oh, oh my God. Those like, giant chunks. Whoa. Chunks. Now, I don't know if y'all remember, um, my only beef with the peanut butter cookie last time around was that it didn't have any chocolate in it. Well, this seems to have resolved that concern. Now, um, <laughs> peanut butter cups are like my favorite thing in the world. Um, I will like hoard um, the seasonal ones because I feel like the ratio is more desirable. But so I have strong feelings is what I'm coming around to saying about um, about peanut butter cups. My one concern is this looks like it may have been a little overbaked. There's a little burning just on the top of the peanut butter cup. Mm. It was really good. I feel like the um, there could be more chocolate just because it's a peanut butter cookie with peanut butter chips and then also the peanut butter cups that like a little more chocolate balance in there would be good, but it's really nice. I like it a lot. The cookie is, is really, really moist. Um, is it burnt? Oh, just a tiny bit. Okay. It might have even come like from the heater or something because it's not it's not like overbaked throughout, but just the just the very top of that. It might also be just like the bit of the peanut butter cup that sticks out. It like cooks faster than the dough because. Mm the higher sugar content but in any case very small quibble now what are your thoughts on like the christmas tree shaped peanut butter cups and like the pumpkin peanut butter cups christmas tree is the third best okay. um, <laughs> pumpkin second best and the easter egg easter eggs objectively the best absolute like top of the line <laughs> it does not get better than uh, the year that i was um i was due with ellie right around Easter time. It was an early Easter that year. And um, so five days before she was born, I ate six <laughs> Reese's eggs. Six, six probably seems right. It was a lot. <laughs> it was great. I loved eating like a crazy person when I was pregnant. Oh, I did it all the time. <laughs> Highly recommend. Might as well. What else can you do it? Right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's a lot of peanut butter chips in here and I sort of feel like in a chocolate peanut butter cup cookie, there are going to be peanut butter chips. They should throw in some chocolate as well. Or, I agree. They should have chocolate and peanut butter chips. chips oh. And put in an equal proportion, you know, an equal proportion by weight of peanut butter cups. So I'll give this like an eight and a half. It's really good. Yeah. We're talking like, you know hundreds of a point difference between... yeah these are marginal now do you like that better than the salted caramel in some ways yes because like this is all of my very favorite things in a cookie okay but in some ways no because i feel like the salted caramel cookie is just like the quintessential salted caramel and where this has a little room for improvement and chocolate peanut butter okay all right that's fair so, like, the salted caramel is just, like, as a cookie, like, objectively. This last bite was really good, though, so. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to keep it the 8.5. I think that's that's the, as big a margin as I can come up with, so. You're sticking with the 8.5? Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Brian has some feelings on your Reese's takes, Maggie. <laughs> OG Reese's or GCFO. We'll keep this broadcast PG-13, guys. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's it's about the like ratio to choc from chocolate to in inside filling, and the egg is the ideal ratio. That's why I, I agree with that. And it's because it's I mean it's not perfectly, you know. I feel like if it was a if it was a like hemisphere that would be truly optimal, <laughs> but it's close enough that you don't get any bites that are disappointingly off. Mm, like yeah. they're all roughly the same ratio throughout. That's a good point. I eat a lot of seasonal Reese's, you guys. <laughs> I still have a bag of the trees in my bedside table right now. Oh, jeez. Whenever I found ones lying around that the kids forgot about from their stocking, I just stuck it back in the bag. You're just like, and that's for me, and that's yep, for me. For mine now. That's for me. That's a stupidity tax, kids. Eat your damn candy. <laughs> it's a lesson they got to learn. Ooh, we have a question. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it's about it's about the pronunciation. Do you guys pronounce it Reese's or Reese's? So it's Reese's. I say Reese's. I assume if someone had like a mild brain injury, they might say Reese's. But you know. I went to college with a bunch of people that said Reese's, and the first time I heard it, I was like, what the heck is wrong with you? What is that? I, is it a regional thing? It is, yeah, yes. It's regional what thing. region? Like, yeah. like Delaware Valley. Like oh. Philadelphia, Delaware. Oh, you know what? I've never heard a Philadelphian say Reese's, but... No, I've come from Philly. They say, don't I say can say imagine it. Reese's coming Everyone out of I knew from UD who were from Delaware say Reese's because because they say it like Reese's Pieces because it rhymes. And I'm like, you sound really <laughs> stupid. I'm sorry. Neither of those. Like, Reese's Pieces rhymes too. Exactly. They yeah. say them Reese's Pieces. And I'm like, you changed both things. Yeah. You also that rational Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a I, I, like it's like a Pennsylvania thing. I thought that's weird, but I whatever. Um, yeah, I went to college. Well, we live in Pennsylvania, so yeah, dialects. Um, yeah, weird weird dialect stuff. It's Reese's because it is a possessive. <laughs> it's, it's it's the candy that belongs to Reese, named after Reese. So it's Reese's. Pieces. If something belongs to me, I don't call it Allisonies. <laughs> But maybe we should. Fair. There's no lowest rules. Fair. Well, Mary, I made special mess. I'm like cutting myself off and eating like at most half a cookie now because I like feel it in my stomach. I'm like, okay. I know. No, I'm starting to feel it too, one. and I still have one more left, and I'm kind of like. <laughs> I do not have one more left, um, and that's good because I also um, the kids ate half of their cupcakes at dessert tonight. So I need the other half. Oh. So I'm basically like double fisting cupcakes and cookies tonight. But oh my goodness fine. gracious. What else was I gonna do? Throw out a half a cupcake? No. Not Heck a monster. No. Heck no. You can't do that to a cupcake. Perfectly good cupcake. I no. mean, technically I have six cookies, but I'm only featuring three of them because the other three are flavors we've we tasted on the first pod. I just decided I was like, I'll I'll round this out. Um, 
Eric says that I can have a candy called Allison's Palisons, <laughs> which sounds good. Like, let's draw it up. You and me, oh, Eric, what let's it, draw it up. Would it be like Allison's Palisons? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm trying to think of like if, like, this is a fun thought exercise. Like, if you could like have a candy that's that's named after you. Like, if you could invent a candy, what would it be? I have one already, technically. Jelly <laughs> Kelly's Jelly Bellies. Kelly's Jelly Bellies. There you go. Yeah, like I'm trying to think like what Allison's Palisons would taste like. <laughs> I think it would have to have nuts. I feel like there would be nuts in there. I don't know why. I just feel I'm feeling nuts. I mean, for I feel- for yours or for mine? No, for yours. For mine? Those I actually Palisons don't like nuts in my nuts. baked goods. I'm a weirdo. I don't like nuts in my baked goods. Although no? I am I am certifiably nuts. So that makes total <laughs> sense. And I do like nuts. I just, I like them on their own. I don't like them in chocolate or in brownies or in cookies all that much. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I really enjoy, like, what's my, what are some of my favorite candies? I mean, my, I, I feel like there's like two, like, it's hard to compare chocolate to non-chocolate candies. Like, I have trouble, like, ranking them against each other. Like, I can rank my favorite chocolate-based candies, and I can rank my favorite not-chocolates. Like, my favorite chocolates are easily Milky Way and Three Musketeers are my two favorite. Oh, Milky Way is the conversation before where I think you're wrong, (laughs) but I still like you as a person. I mean, I love, I don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm not a Reese's hater at all. I love chocolate peanut butter, but um, caramel, caramel is the goat for me, chocolate caramel, which is why that salted caramel cookie like if i could go back for one of these insomnia cookies i think it would be that one um because like i'm all about like chocolate caramel yes i'm all about like chocolate caramel everything so like salted caramel chocolate caramel that's the good stuff so milky ways are my favorite um and especially with the nougat too hell yeah love that stuff um and that's why i love like i love milky ways but i don't love snickers because it's a texture difference the milky way is really smooth and the snickers is all bumpy and weird um (laughs) <laughs> with the nuts in there so the milky ways are my favorite chocolate my favorite not chocolate is like any like any sort of sour candy like sour patch kids sour or, patch kids this is this is the time. one of the only rifts in michael and my relationship because he hates sour patch kids <gasps> and i love them and well, he eat the ones that he gets in his trick-or-treat bag i don't yeah whatever it, but it's like a constant like sour patch kids are so gross and i'm like Hey, bro, like, what? They're so good. No. I don't understand you at all. No, they're um, so good. Yeah. Especially the new blue ones, the blue raspberry. Oh. And Brian says that he's workshopping Sal's Pals, my line of mini pie snacks, which that sounds like a great idea, Brian. It does. That's how I, I feel like they make Maggie's tasty Waggies, which would have to be dog treats. Ooh, that would be fun. Yes. That would I, be. Maggie's Waggies, dog treats. Yeah, I feel like, ooh, I think Allison's Palisons would be, like, I think they would be, like, mini clusters that are, like, salted caramel, but all, like, some sort of, like, pretzel chocolate salted caramel, like, little cluster thingies. Like, you know those, like, that you get in, like, the, the, like, truffle, the, like, when you get a bunch of, like, truffles from the fancy chocolate store, and one of them's, like, the clusters that have, like pretzel caramel chocolate Isn't that, like, don't they call that like a turtle or something oh yeah like the turtle no no, no not a turtle a turtle is nuts oh yeah turtle has oh, nuts I'm in it to protect I you thought it was a pretzel. thank you i don't want yeah no the turtle i think has everything that i mentioned yeah. but also nuts but i don't want oh. nuts in there so it would be some sort of cluster that had like pretzels and caramel and chocolate 
because of the whole like salted caramel aspect. That would be the good stuff. So the other reason I can't have another cookie is that I have completely finished this liter of seltzer. <laughs> Wait, so Linda, what would yours be? I don't know. What what, what rhymes with Linda? Linda. Oh, no, I can go Lynn. Lynn's. Hmm. Tins. Tins. Tins with lovely. Grins. Lynn's grins. And they could be like crescent shaped cookies or something. Yeah, why not? Smiles. <laughs> that would be cute. What flavor would they be? And then mine would have to have coconut. Lynn's coconut twins, a Kit Kat style, is what Brian says, which I oh. also like. Okay. Yeah, I... like it would be like a it would be like two things, like the Kit Kat or like right and left Twix. <laughs> <laughs> right and left Lynn. <laughs> Lynn's twins. So maybe you could, I mean, you could do uh, the Lynn's, Lynn's grinning twins. <laughs> you could have like two crescent shaped things together <laughs> in like a Cheshire cat smile <laughs> that's somehow made of coconut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just has to have coconut. I don't care about anything else. Oh, do you, that means you must like the, the like Samoa's Girl Scout cookies. Oh, the Samoa's oh, are so, so good. good. Those are Caramel, the Girl also, Scout. your favorite. I'm not a big coconut fan, but actually I make an exception for those cookies in particular because they're very good. But I don't like caramel. The like there are a lot of like coconut that comes in like those cookie bars with the shaved coconut. I don't like that because it's a texture thing. It's less of a taste thing. It's more of a. I I do not like Dunkin' Donuts Samoa flavored coffee though. It is way too sweet. And as someone who likes sweet, if I'm telling you it's sweet, avoid it all costs. non-regular flavors are and i and i love Belgian. i do yeah their butter pecan was really good and then they took it away from me and i was sad i am not a coffee drinker so i'm not familiar with all the various <laughs> coffee flavors i take the struggle is very rare delves into fancy coffees but um I'm just on a two-year mourning period as the uh, gingerbread latte era ended at Starbucks. I still have not come to terms with that. Um, and I don't think I'm ready to start dating again. That's, That's fair. I do know that Michael enjoys, he buys the cinnamon bun flavor of Dunkin' Coffee. He likes that. It's not like, uh, like he doesn't buy, he buys the ground, like the cinnamon bun ground. Oh, coffee. Like okay. the coffee is flavored. It's not like a cinnamon bun latte at the coffee shop. It's like uh, he buys the okay. ground coffee and it's cinnamon bun flavored. I was going to say, does DC have something I don't? <laughs> no, I mean, it might, but not this. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I guess we can do final cookie rounds now. Maggie doesn't have any more, but each of the rest of us have. I only have, I have peanut butter here, but I can get the sugar cookie because I have the sugar cookie or I can have one of my mom's cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I vote for mom's cookies. Mom's cookies. Okay, I'll go get mom's cookies. <laughs> I was going to say we should, we should weigh them up against insomnia cookies. Who wins? Insomnia or Linda's mom? <laughs> I could go get my mom's cookies. <laughs> yeah. I had, um, I had, uh, well, they were technically baked by my aunt, but they are my grandma's cookies christmas cookie recipes um that the tradition is now being carried on by the next generation since my grandma has passed away but my aunt sent because she was like well we can't be together on christmas so i'll ship you cookies so she shipped me um cookies uh, that were made with my grandma's recipes but those are all gone 
<laughs> my mom is like a semi has been like a semi-professional baker in her life and she used to oh. fund our entire family christmas gift bonanzas all off of baking cookies to sell to people like in her office and church wow. people. so she what said was her specialty what's that what was her specialty I mean, she just would do a little bit of everything, but she's always done really good. Like, um, like we call them butterballs, but a lot of people call them like um, Mexican wedding cookies. Oh, like, uh, okay. um, and she does like, you know, she does like pecan candies, and she does she does um, these brownies with your peppermint patties layered in the middle. Um, wow. So it's this really like bright pepperminty flavor. Um, yeah, she does. A million when I was like 11 years old she did a four-tiered wedding cake for a co-worker and I just thought she was an absolute like hero it was like the greatest thing I'd ever seen anybody make um and I felt really good finding out decades later that she was scared shitless the whole time she was making and delivering that thing oh. and she just like lived those two weeks in a like state of terror and I was like oh my god I am like my mom. <laughs> the anxiety anyway. is real. Side note, I just wanted to brag about my mom. Oh, yeah. She also sent us a bunch of cookies when we were in quarantine. So She should go on Great American Baking Show. Yeah. Or like one of the baking championships or, you know, like the holiday baking championship or. Yeah. She'd be like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. All right. I feel like this is actually. A pretty good one to get because it's a crescent. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a Lindgren. It's it the Lindgrens. Those were part of my. I think it's the same cookie that I had in my cookie assortment from my aunt. It's like the you know the um, powdered sugar. Yes. Crescents. Yeah. I yes. Those also, those are my mom calls them the Viennese crescent cookies. Um, sure. I don't know why. I um, I mean, we are German, so it makes sense. Um, and so she got the recipe from her grandmother, so it makes awesome. sense. Um, but yeah, there's powdered sugar everywhere, um, but that only makes it better. <clears throat> Sorry, Allison, it does have walnuts. Yeah, they they usually have nuts. I think mine had almonds, actually. Okay. Be better with like ground nuts in like as part of a yes. a like base that's, for a cookie. Yeah, like yes. the, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like, like I think that that's what mine was, actually. I think it was, like, the ground almonds were, like, part of the flour that yes, made up yes. the dry ingredients. So, like, that's fine. It's a texture issue. Mm. I don't like the lumpiness that nuts add. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if you can see, but, like, it's got the two-tone, the nice, like, brown on the bottom. Ooh, yeah. And it got, um, it's got to make, I learned from Great British Baking Show that it's got to make the right snap. Otherwise, yes. It's yeah, it's got a good snap to it. I got a whole go. box of, from my mom. So <laughs> between this and insomnia cookies, I've been. You know what? I give Mama a ten. Yeah. yeah. Lindsay's mom gets a ten. Of course she does. Wow. <laughs> They're baked with love, so that makes a difference instead of just like a corporate. Mm-hmm. My last one, my last one is that is the um the spicy hot cocoa that Linda already had, so I can give my assessment of it. I am scared of the word spicy because I am generally not a fan. See, I didn't heat. mind it though. 
Um, I thought it was just a little heat. I didn't find it. Spongy. I'm a big baby. Like, like when I go to restaurants, I'm like, no, you don't understand. Mild. <laughs> like, like, I, like I am the whitest person in the world. Please make it that way. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's bad. Michael makes fun of me constantly. I hope I didn't steer you wrong because I don't mind spice, so. <laughs> like, he'll make buffalo chicken and he'll be like, I made it, like, extra, like, it's not that much hot sauce, like, at all. And I'll eat it and I'll be like, this is spicy. And I'll be like, oh, my God, you baby. Oh, that's my mom. My kids um, will complain that something is spicy and then continue eating it. So I feel like that's, they're like, oh, this this sausage is way too spicy. Can I have more? I'm like, yes. I see what you mean, Linda. It's kind of like the cinnamon whiskey in the sense that it kicks in afterwards, but it's subtle. And it's more of like a, it's very different than the the hot of the hot cinnamon whiskey. It's like a completely different. It's just something in the back of your throat, Very back of your throat. It's like a, almost like a, a smoky. Mm, that's well, that's, I mean, word. the classic Mexican hot chocolate, and this was the one like my mom made Mexican hot chocolate cookies all the time. Um, it's with chili, and sometimes also with like a little cumin, also. So the idea is not that it's supposed to be like sharp, spicy, but that it's warm. It's like this warm kind of under. Mm, I think that this cookie does a very good job of replicating that. I um, think so too. And I would give it this I would give it the same rating as Linda. You gave it like what? Like an 8 or 7. Yeah. Yeah, cuz the chocolate is very good. And the chocolate's super rich in this. Yeah. The chocolate's excellent. This is a richer chocolate cookie base than the s'mores cookie base is. Really? Yes. I, mean, I also have a s'mores cookie for another day. It is very beautiful. Look at that. I still have half of mine that Michael's gonna get to eat but yeah it's the good stuff um but yeah I'd say that this cookie I mean they're probably like at their core the same chocolate cookie recipe because like you know it's the same company but like they add like it's fudgier I guess is what I'll say okay this this cookie the it was very fudgy I will yeah the Mexican hot chocolate cookie is very is much fudgier than the s'mores cookie but i think that's like appropriate for what it the flavors it's trying to convey you need that fudginess to to like balance out the slight spice that's there but it's definitely even for this like big time baby who like can't take anything spice this is not too much at all it's very subtle it's i I like it a lot yeah it's an excellent cookie i'm the same with spice so I need it mild or really not at all. I have a very blanket well, in an Indian restaurant for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like to not like spice, but yeah, I don't like spice. This was the surprise one in the group for me, this cookie of all the cookies I ate. Like the s'mores I expected to like, and I liked it. The cinnamon whiskey I expected to be met on, and I was met on it. This one I expected to be met, and I liked it a lot more than I thought. So. Okay. That's kind of good. got three different That's a types. That is a good sign. That recommends it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not this meh. one exceeded my expectations, whereas the other two met them, but in different ways. The s'mores <laughs> met my high expectations. Cinnamon whiskey met my low expectations. This one exceeded my low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> 
So overall, Insomnia Cookies is getting like a B on their report card. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to have the last cookie because, oh my God, those first two are very, I didn't realize how rich they were. Yeah. yeah they're very rich. Yeah. They're very That's rich. A lot of cookie. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this uh, hot chocolate one, even though I like it a lot, but we'll see. I'm going to try. <laughs> we'll also I like, like it. it tomorrow is the thing that I figure. Like That's true. Fair I will enough. absolutely, the half of my, um, Salted caramel cookie. You know what that is? That's breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Heck you yeah. You can't show me any meaningful difference between this and a muffin. No. It's true. Nope. Kellyanne, where'd you go? Yeah, we're gonna say we lost one. I was we like, have more questions. I was like, do we have more questions? No, she's still here. She's just. Um, do we? I don't know. No, I don't I, think we do right now. No. Okay. I was just going to check one more time to see if no, we have questions before um, before moving on to kind of our, like, other announcement we have for this live pod, our other topic before we get to walk off wins. Oh, I, I have a little live update, which is Ooh. that things are going surprisingly in Georgia. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I had it on before. I didn't see that coming either. I, 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 I just got a pop up, and that's all. It's a good pop up. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read yep. it closely. I'm not gonna overthink things. Right. Because I had it on before we started. I, I had CNN on, and I think Michael's still watching CNN in the other room. But um, I had it on before we started, and like early early was looking good but i was kind of like you know of course because they're counting the early votes first like i can't i can't get like you know too optimistic <laughs> so i was like tempering my feelings but good that's good news anyway, that's good uh, anyway yeah. slight diversion um so then other than uh so we're on surprise three of three so we had three surprises lined up for you the first surprise was maggie's return the second surprise is that we did more cookies and the third surprise is that we are doing a mini dollars for dingers i guess you could call it we are doing a um a oh god i'm getting texts i i, I am i gonna do more live stuff am i doing more live breaking news because michael's texting me from the other room oh it is the same should we be making any other announcements it is the same <laughs> alert no it's the same <laughs> alert michael's just texting me the same alert that you received maggie so it's, it's okay. okay it's the same live it's good things in georgia we'll just put it okay. um so our third surprise is that we are doing a mini dollars for dingers of sorts although we are not counting home runs but we decided in the wake of um, Hall of Fame balloting and everything that all the discourse that has come along with that um, we are going to do another um, sort of pop-up fundraising effort for um, for for the domestic violence hotline um, which is the same charity we did before but we also say that if you have a local um, shelter or a women's shelter or domestic violence charity that is local to your area whether it be New York or elsewhere um, feel free to donate there as well anybody who donates to the national domestic violence hotline or, or any of their local domestic violence organizations um, send us either via our social medias you can DM us on Twitter 
Um, you can email us, aa.apodoftheirown at gmail.com. Obviously, I put all this info in the show notes so you don't have to memorize it um, and in the tweets. Um, but if you send us some sort of evidence, it doesn't have to be anything intense, just like a screenshot of the, like, you donated confirmation email or page that pops up after you complete your donation, you will be entered into a drawing, which we will do um, when pitchers and catchers report um in late february we will then do another drawing similar to what we did for dollars for dingers where we'll draw winners and i have prizes lined up for you guys for that um we have framed i actually forgot to take my inventory i said i was going to take but we have several framed like memorabilia mets memorabilia type of things that we have we have taken from michael's mother's house from his childhood (laughs) so we have like um one of them is definitely pedro martinez i recall like a framed pedro martinez from his like first game as a met i think um but you know the type of memorabilia you hang on your wall that's framed that commemorates certain mets moments or players we have like five such things that we will raffle off for you guys for anybody who donates so that is our big announcement last time y'all were so amazing with the donations that the national um domestic violence hotline actually reached out to us like unprompted to like thank us and you guys for all of the donations that they had gotten in like thousands of dollars worth that were tagged with a pot of their own or dollars for dingers and um let's let's do it again let's yeah, do it that again was really awesome yeah, yeah guys they were so grateful you guys like you guys really killed it um last time you did this and we really feel like it's important to emphasize where this podcast stands on this stuff, given everything that's happening with the Hall of Fame balloting and the fact that it's very obvious that the establishment in baseball and the people that control the history of the game that we love still very much do not see these issues as important. <laughs> and that's been made abundantly clear. I mean, even today we had like Ken Rosenthal, who was kind of like, he almost did the best case scenario, which was still bad because he essentially, he wrote a column, which I can link um, for you guys to read because I think it's important to read it, even though I don't think what he said is very good. Um, But he essentially said that he like, grappled with this and he felt really bad about it but then he went ahead and voted for these guys anyway which is kind of just like okay you want to pat on the back for like feeling bad about doing it but then your actions don't actually reflect what he also then um needed about himself too like pity me this was really hard for me to do i can't vote for any of them it's like yeah (laughs) well yeah yeah that's (laughs) That's the bottom line (laughs) like grapple with if you're grappling with it and then there's your answer right there don't vote for that like grapple grapple Eh, i'm not gonna grapple anymore yeah and he said that like he kind of said like this might be my last time um voting for the hall of fame because of all this like makes me feel icky more or less which is like on one hand sure but on the other hand you instead of sitting with your discomfort and processing that and and taking a stand and figuring out what to do you are instead walking away like you were like oh i don't like how i'm feeling so i'm just instead of actually like dealing with this i'm gonna walk away and that's a sign of privilege that is absolutely a sign of privilege to instead of sit with your discomfort the fact that you can just like turn it off that is a sign of somebody who is not affected by this Mm -hmm. um so we want to emphasize on this podcast that we care about these issues um and we think they're important and they should be considered in hall of fame balloting um among other things (laughs) accolades for their own franchise for example and not ruining david wright's last game (laughs) um there's also a morals clause like it's 
they have a very legitimate reason not to vote somebody in and it's like like really omar fiscal was the hill you want to die on (laughs) he wasn't that good (laughs) and like and nobody and the thing about like and there's been a lot of talk about how like you know steroids are prioritized as like that affects on-field stuff versus off-field stuff is not as important but people forget Barry Bonds has also been accused of abuse and no one talks about that everyone talks about his steroid use no one talks about the fact that he was also an abuser so (laughs) and they're keeping him out because of the steroids right (laughs) and nobody's talking about his abuse because everybody talks about his steroid use and will that or will that not and the same thing with Clemens everyone talks about his steroid use no one talks about his conduct with underage girls like and the the fact of the matter is is that these are things that I mean, things have changed a little bit in the sense that at least when someone is accused of something now, people talk about it online, even if there aren't actual consequences. It's at least talked about and people are aware of it. Whereas a lot of these things with like Bonds and Clemens happened a long time ago where baseball writers didn't even bother writing about this stuff at all um, because they didn't think it was important because it wasn't stuff that happened on the field. Um, But yeah, but people should be aware of it. They're aware of it, but they're still kind of more being forced to write about it um rather than doing it of their own free will i feel like yeah i know yeah, they are dragged into the conversation kicking yeah and against their will i guess we will just keep dragging them yeah exactly and, get- and that's another sense that i got from the ken rosenthal column was kind of like you're not grappling with this out of your own volition you are reacting to public blowback if it wasn't for that you wouldn't feel any of this discomfort you're feeling it's forced discomfort um because people are talking about it which is what we have to keep doing because that is the only way anybody will even admit that they're uncomfortable or say anything is that we have to force the issue and make them uncomfortable because their first instinct, as Ken Rosenthal's was, is always going to be to run away from these conversations mm-hmm. rather than face them. Especially when we want women to break into baseball, when there are so many women that are baseball fans, just don't don't alienate your fans, especially when people, I disagree with the sentiment, but people say baseball is dying and all of that. You want as many fans as you can get. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like it's it just screams the voice of that piece and like other takes like it that I've seen online of people doing this Hall of Fame balloting. It's like these this screams of someone who's never had to think about this stuff before. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like female fans have had to deal with this for years, for their entire fandom. Like <laughs> I had to deal with watching Jose Reyes on the goddamn Mets every day. How do you think that made me feel every day? Every day. Yeah. Didn't like it. No, nope. you're feeling this. Not even micro. You're feeling this for a temporary period. Yeah. We have felt this for our entire fandom for these dudes' entire careers. And they're getting publicity at it. Like he was like, "I'm gonna go on MLB Network and just explain my ballot." Like so, he got like more airtime out of it. He got probably got more clicks out of it. What do we get out of it? Like we're the ones dealing with with it every day and screaming. It's the the more. We're gonna convert 
that into donations, into something yes. actually tangible and useful instead of just being like, eh, I feel achy. If you'd like to pace yourself on your donations, you can donate $1 for every time you scream into the void. Yes. That's one way to do it. I've donated $2 dollars since we just started having this conversation. Yeah. Even, even on like a macro level, just beyond baseball, this is helping um, women who are victims of abuse during a time when domestic uh, partner violence is at, um, at a higher rate because of the COVID pandemic. And it's offering a lot of resources that when um, these charities and services might be um, struggling a little bit more because of the pandemic. So every dollar helps. And this is and this is a national problem right now. Domestic violence is an acute problem right now when everyone's trapped inside and women are trapped in abusive relationships that they literally cannot leave because of the pandemic in many cases. I mean, obviously that was a problem before, but it's it is exacerbated an existing problem. So these charities need our help a lot. So um, just let's do it. <laughs> You know, bringing up the conversation too, especially if you're not a woman um, and not and aren't totally aware of this kind of these kinds of situations. So, all all hands on deck. Yes. All hands on deck, indeed. So, yeah, and I'm making and, yep. and I I said this I said this last night or the other night. Um, I was like, "Ooh, do I want to do this?" But I'm gonna be bold. Screw it. So, I challenge all of you to make donations because I will match our sum total. Oh. I will match our sum total of donations. So Whoa. if 10 of you that's donate that's $10, I will donate $100. If 20 of you donate $10, I will donate $200. So make me make me broke. <laughs> Do it, guys. Make me broke. I will match our sum total. I w oh. might regret this later, but <laughs> the National Domestic Violence Hotline sure won't. No. Um, so I will match our sum total, whatever that is. So yeah, it, you like Maggie said, you can make it in small doses whenever you feel, whenever you're feeling extra rage, you can just like throw a couple bucks in the pot or you can do one, you know, one big donation um, and in, in whatever amount, it doesn't matter what the amount is, you will all be counted equally, all be entered equally. One, you know, one donation equals one ticket um, to in the raffle. So everyone, everyone who donates in any amount, any number of times gets one ticket. So um, whatever you can spare, every, every penny counts. It doesn't have to be some sort of big thing. If that's not in the cards for you right now, which it isn't for a lot of people, we understand that this is a really hard time for a lot of people. A lot of people are out of work. A lot of people are struggling. Um, it doesn't have to be much. If that's not in the cards for you right now, we totally understand. But if you have if you have some money to spare, please, this is really important to us. Um, and we are so appreciative of this community. You guys stepped up so big last time. Um, and I think we can make this fun. So um, any time between now and when pitchers and catchers report is the time period for this. And we will obviously remind you periodically on shows that we record between now and then and on our social media channels. Um, we will send out reminders um, because that's a it's a long time, but we think that you know the long the longer we give people, the more donations we'll get. So between now and spring training, that is the charge that we are charging to you. Um, so yeah, let's do it. Um, but in the meantime, um, we have to wrap up this show. We have like we do every week. We will do live walk off wins where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. 
Maggie Wigan, you, you already shared your walk-off win in Slack, and I'm very excited about it, so I want you to share it. Um, so a lot of people getting vaccinated these days, and the most recent uh, per Twitter was Hank Aaron, who uh, just got his vaccine and really wanted to do it publicly to uh, to make the, the case to his peers um, that it's safe to do so. And, you know, I really love the acknowledgement of, you know, the violence that uh, Black Americans have experienced in medicine um, and acknowledging like the very real um, scars that that leaves in the ability to trust the medical establishment. Um, and I love that Hank Aaron, who seems like a total mensch, is um, probably not going to die of COVID. So A plus, like it works. And, and I also just kind of want to take this this larger opportunity because I, okay, so I didn't listen to every single podcast during my absence. So I don't That's know okay, if you I get a pass. tackled on, had tackled this, but like coming, like working in public health and having friends and colleagues who work in hospitals and friends and colleagues who have been doing, um, you know, infectious disease epidemiology work for a long time. Um, the vac this vaccine is really amazing. And the, the way it all came together was really amazing. And so I'm kind of like the taking, like ratcheting up the walk-off win. Like my walk-off win is the vaccine and that people like Hank Aaron can make the statement that he made with it. Um, now, you know, there's also the fact that they are fucking up the rest of it, um, but, but the science is there. I've, a couple of my friends are actually like hospital administrators who have been tasked with getting all of their employees vaccinated. And, you know, one of, one of my friends from grad school vaccinated like a thousand people yesterday. And like, that's just, wow. This is just great people doing great things. Science. So yes, that's science. my walk off win. Thank you, Hank Aaron. Thank you, science. Yeah. And I like to your point, Maggie, about like, um, about the powerful statement that Hank Aaron is able to make. Like, I, I, I'm actually having Michael read The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks right now, because that's one of my favorite books, like, of all time. Um, and, like, I, I was thinking a lot about that lately, when I've been thinking about the vaccine and, like, uptake and, like, what we can do to, you know, make sure that the communities that need this vaccine get this vaccine um and thinking about past injuries that the medical establishment has done to these communities of color um and Henrietta Lacks is an excellent example of that um which took place at Johns Hopkins the place I went to grad school and got my scientific degree so like I, I'm not that is not lost on me <laughs> you know um but it is still an amazing achievement of like science and innovation of humanity to get this vaccine done with an entirely new technology um that is now going to be the gold standard for vaccines moving forward it's pretty amazing um so let's see kellyanne healy what is your walk-off win that it's 2021 i'll keep it simple it's not 2020 anymore that's fair enough <laughs> it's fair yeah I won't lie, this year has not started off the greatest for me, but there's still like light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not 2020 anymore. Oh my God, 2020 was just like, COVID aside, it was just a bad year for me personally too. Ugh. Yeah. So that's my simple, very simple walk-off win. It's 2021. Time moves forward. 
and hopefully and no not hopefully and brings a lot of hope with it yeah even it's simple good sentiments yeah i agree linda Servich, what is your walk-off win um my walk-off win i kind of shared a little bit on twitter um but i don't think maybe our last one was before christmas but um we had kids write letters to santa at work so I got to read all the kids' letters to Santa. And after such an awful year, just like kids are so sweet and so thoughtful. Like they wrote thank you notes for my presents last year to Santa. This other kid said he wanted a kitchen set, but if another kid needed a kitchen set to give it to that kid. And then he said, Santa, please try. <laughs> You're just the best. And, like, another kid drew a picture of baby Yoda and like they were just so sweet. And it was it was just and I'm sitting there like crying at the desk, like reading these. And like one kid, which I had a laugh, like we put out like, you know, like pre-made kind of things, and you could check off naughty or nice. And another kid drew her own box and put both. <laughs> an accurate self-assessment i think i think that that's all of us are a little naughty and a little nice (laughs) and then another kid said like you know please help other needy kids and then like and a lot of them were saying i hope you're well i hope the elves are okay i hope you know the mrs claus is okay and we told the kids that santa got vaccinated yeah so (laughs) i was like santa's okay he's coming so that and then just you know i got to see my niece and nephew on christmas eve and um them opening their presents and you know it's easy to forget you know you know it's been an awful year but to see that excitement and to be reminded that that's I mean, it sounds cheesy, but that's what Christmas no, is all about. No, and, you know. It's just last in 2020, we're just have been so resilient and adaptable yeah. to this. Um, and it's it's so stunning to see how they've handled this. And they've handled this better than, in my opinion, a lot of adults oh, absolutely. have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, just to see that many of them have not lost optimism yeah. and their cheerfulness great yeah like one kid asked for the super bowl trophy i was like i didn't know this was an option santa i would like the world series trophy I yes, like please. The stanley cup <laughs> please santa i think i've been really good santa please <laughs> um, so like, next year i'm asking say oh it's like hopefully i won't need to ask santa for the world series trophy next year but you know Hopefully some kid, some Mets fan put that on his on his wish list this year. So, you know, it was just it was just a nice way to close out the year after, you know, a really, really hard year because, you know, kids, you know, that innocence, you just wish you could just bottle it and yep. not yeah. have it ever go away. Because yeah, yeah when here we are all jaded and we're just like tired and stressed and just so yeah kids of the world and anybody who wrote a letter to santa you're my walk off win (laughs) so before i do my walk off win i'm once again being texted from the other room and this isn't quite like breaking news on the pod i wouldn't say this is like a 
like, oh my god, something happened, but it's like a small a, a small news nugget that will break live on the pod. So we have, so Mike Puma of The Post um, wrote a piece, embedded within it is this is this sentence. As it stands, Team Brass is optimistic that Springer will be wearing a Mets uniform by the time spring training begins, according to an industry source. So... Like, obviously, it's not, like I said, I think I said I used this sentence last week, last time on the pod, and I'll con- I'll continue to phrase it this way. They're not using the buzzwords that they tend to use when the signings are close, like intensifying, or like aggressive, or like talks are, you know, ramping up. They're not like using that sort of language, but there's continuing to be reports that like all the industry insiders seem to think that the Mets are the leaders in the Springer sweepstakes. Make of that what you will, Mets fan community. I mean, um, when was the last time the Mets were even the leading candidates to sign a really good player? I, I was mean, say really. the leading candidate to sign Porcello? Now that's a different story. I mean, like, I mean, when they re-signed Cespedes that was signing a really good player, but I don't yeah. think that that counts because, like, it's re-signing a player who's already on your team and that kind of gives you, like, an initial leg up to begin with. Yeah. I well, the, but I think the whole thing was that he he kind of waived that part of his contract that said he couldn't sign with the Mets um, after that 2015 uh, season. So that was, like, that opened the Mets up for an opportunity there that they necessarily didn't have at the beginning of the off season yeah. that year. I think if like, if Springer does ultimately sign with the Mets, I think it will be the most exciting free agent acquisition that they've gotten like Cespedes aside, like re-signing players aside since Granderson, yeah. I guess. And- I think, I think Granderson is the last time I felt like really super pumped about as opposed to just like, yeah, that's a good signing, or like, that's fine, or I don't like this. But like, the best I did before that was like, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> and while Granderson is low-key, as has been established on the squad before, one of my faves, um, Springer is a more impactful player. I was going to say, he's a high yeah. impact. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I don't, I don't think George Springer or anyone could win my heart the way Granny Man no did. he's just like the best um come home curtis we love you uh but yes. um but like on field that's a bigger mark that he's gonna leave i think i mean i think the last time the mets signed like a free agent of this level of impact is probably carlos beltran yeah yeah i can't and they traded for him first didn't they no no. no, no, they traded him away. That's what. Thank yeah. you. Like, well, and Santana was a trade and extend. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, there's, they've had good players. You yeah, know, yeah. Also trade and 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 then resign. But like, in terms of like just pure free agent money talks, bringing in the big guy, like, I think you're right that Beltron was the last one. I mean, yeah. Jason Bay was supposed to be that, but. He was not that, ultimately. But, like, at the time, you kind of thought he might be that. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, ultimately, if... And, obviously, in order for Springer to... A Springer signing to equate itself to a Beltran signing in the end, he has to pan out to be that player. Um. But, yeah. I don't think that Springer is going to be, like, one of the best best no, no. on the uniform. No. But there's a lot of good real estate between that 
And Jinx is back. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, point being, like, I don't think he, I'm not expecting him to be as good as Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran is one of the top ten center fielders to ever play the game. Um, but it's as far as impact, there hasn't been that big of a signing since Beltran. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... There seems to be there seems to be continued optimism surrounding the Mets and Springer, which is good. Hopefully, it stays that way and results in a signing someday. Um, so I guess we'll come to my walk off win, which feels very anticlimactic compared to the rest of years. I feel like the rest of years were all like these big, like sweeping, heartwarming, and mine is just like my furniture I ordered in October is what? finally coming. No, that's a big thing. That is a big thing. I can sympathize with that. That just happened to me today, so it wasn't originally giving me my walk-off win, but I was like, you know what? This is making me really happy right now. Get a box of insomnia cookies and give them to the delivery men and see what happens. True, I should get insomnia cookies for the delivery men when they come because that can only portend good things. Mm-hmm. Um, Without the delivery men like insomnia cookies, so... But yeah, so January 23rd is my scheduled delivery date for my furniture I ordered on October 16th. <laughs> um, COVID has done a number on all of this. I mean, this this furniture place is kind of fancy to begin with. Um, and so... Um, and so, like, they already take, like, a relatively long time. I knew that because the pieces are, like, made to order. Um, but COVID made it even worse. And so I just kept getting emails every once periodically, like, your order's been delayed again. Your order's been delayed. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited about it because, like, not only – so it's a dining room table and chairs and then, like, a, a nice bookshelf. Because um, right now our bookshelf situation is horrid, as I think <laughs> you guys can attest to because I think I've shown you guys pictures of it. Um, but it's, like – basically it's, like, wire shelving that is serving as a makeshift bookshelf right now because we don't have a real bookshelf. Because both, both Michael and I had bookshelves at our previous places, but they were both, like, crappy ones that, like – we didn't even think would survive the move. So we were like, we're going to get a real bookshelf when we move in. And so we had to do a makeshift thing in the meantime. Um, But it's going to be a really nice bookshelf, an open back, like, cherry bookshelf. Oh, I'm so excited. And then, um, actually, it's maple, I think. Maple, that's right. Um, And then the I'm I'm extra psyched about it because, like, it's not just a dining room table and chairs. It's also my work-from-home setup. (laughs) So, like, like, it's the chair I'm going to, that's essentially also going to be my desk chair, like, sitting in at doing my work every day is also going to be new. Um, Because the room I'm sitting in right now is our office, but this is actually where Michael works during the day because he needs the more privacy because he's actually actively teaching school um whereas i am just doing a desk job that sometimes has meetings um <laughs> so i work in uh, at the dining room table in the living room dining room area and he works in here and so yeah i'm very excited that not only am i getting a new dining room table i'm also getting a, simultaneously a new desk <laughs> so i'm very excited about that that's my very lame walk-off win in comparison to you guys but no that's good too Furniture is awesome. It is. Big and it's thing. like, you know, I feel like it, it to make it more grandiose than it is, it, it's like a, an adulthood step, right? Because, like, I this is the first time I've purchased, like, not Ikea furniture. Or, like, Ikea level. Not all my furniture was from Ikea itself. But it's, like, this is, like, the level up. Like, it is nice, expensive furniture that I spent a lot of money on. 
And so I'm like, oh, it's going to be so nice when it comes. And I'm like, I feel like an adult that has like real adult furniture in my adult apartment that I live in and pay all my bills. Yeah. <laughs> that was like when I got my bedroom furniture. I'm like, it's my first adult bed. It's like, I'm like a grown up now. <laughs> so it makes a big difference. Yeah, it totally does. It totally does. Because like I had gotten like, you know, a lot of furniture when I like lived in Baltimore. But then, you know, oh my God, I'm getting texted from the other room again. Michael. Oh, what? 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 Oh, what? there, there was saying... another. There's, there's been another Georgia call. Oh, a good one. Oh, yeah. But it's a call. A call from oh. one source in particular that is oh, um, that a Wasserman. Yeah, <laughs> Wasserman called it. Um, the other race called the other race as well. However, the 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 tweet that Michael sent me is a screenshot of the Wasserman tweet that's that has the multiple sources may not have called the race like alert underneath oh. it, like the Twitter little like this claim is disputed thing. Disputed. But like, you know, he's he, he might be the first one to call it. So, wow, we won't. I was so, expecting this to drag on until like tomorrow. I also thought will. it was not yeah. going to be. There's going to be a dog fight. No I didn't think that it was going to look this good at this yeah. point. Yeah, because I thought we would have to wait on like the mail-ins and you know the absentees and for real that whole process again. Um. So yeah, so my walk-off win is furniture. Um, but there are good things happening in Georgia, so that's a collective walk-off win. Um, hopefully things stay this way, but who knows, because these races are going to be close and there's no way we're going to get, like, final. Like, I don't think all the big outlets are going to call anything tonight, probably. Um, but... I think that's definitely going to be disputed, so no matter who wins. Yeah. It's probably going to be a mess. Nothing matters anymore. Nothing matters. No. Um... But uh, you all should go to AmazingAvenue.com while you're waiting for these damn election results <laughs> and read all of our Mets content. Um, we have all, we're on top of all your free agency rumors. We've got our morning news posts every day. Um, we've got you guys up to date on everything. Um, so go to AmazingAvenue.com. You can follow Amazing Avenue on all the social medias. You guys already know you can follow it on Facebook because you are there right now. Um, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Amazing Avenue. You can follow our show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. You, Linda? At Linda Surovich. Maggie? Maggie162. You can find Kellyanne in the Amazing Avenue comments section and also on the A Pod of Their Own Twitter account. Um, you can email the show aa.apodoftheirown at gmail.com contact us on our social media or by email um, about the fundraiser if you make a donation to send that our our way um, which I will put in the show notes as well and in the tweets um, but yeah follow us on Twitter follow the show on Twitter please subscribe to Amazing Avenue Audio on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify wherever you get your podcasts from actually subscribing and leaving reviews really helps all of our collective pods amazing as they all are um, get noticed and uh, you know rise up the SB Nation rankings which are important to us <laughs> so so please do that only, as well us. yeah exactly Please. But you like us. That's why you're here listening. So. Exactly. Exactly. 
um, the intro and outro music to the podcast, which you are not hearing if you're watching this live, but you will hear when the, the audio version of this goes up tomorrow, is by Bunga, our fantastic podcast dad, um, who, who monitored the questions for us tonight. So thank you, Brian, podcast dad, A plus as always, 80 grade, 80 grade podcast dad. Um, so yeah, uh, peace out, Facebook. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there's no crying in podcasting. So we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Oh!